Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast. This is season five, episode 22, The Fire Tablet. We are nearing the end of this game, as I've been saying for the past several episodes. I mean, we're, we're getting there. If this is your first time listening, and I doubt it would be, I would say start at the beginning of the season. If you want to hear about all the plot, my journey through the game. I feel like I don't do enough promos in this in this podcast, do I? Like I need to, I need to start these episodes with like, yeah, like if you're new, thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in. Like I should be a little bit more energetic, right? Hmm. Maybe I'll pick that up in six. Um, or well, it would make the most sense in seven, right? Like if I if I start every seven Final Fantasy seven episode with thanks for tuning in, it makes a lot more sense. People really like Final Fantasy seven. I think there are more people that would pick up Final a podcast covering Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy V, despite the fact that this game has just so much to offer. Let's get into the story. In the last episode, we destroyed the Fork Tower by grabbing the Holy and Flare spells. We got the, what was it, the Wind Tablet, right? It was the Wind Tablet. Why was the Wind Tablet in the, and the Wind Tablet was in the Shrine, the Earth Tablet was in the Pyramid. That's right. Earth Tablet in the, in, in the Pyramid, uh, Wind tablet in the island shrine and now we're gonna be dealing with the fire tablet first let's go see sid and mid because sid and mid were stuck under that fork tower probably for a while and when once once we land in there we're back at the ruins things are you know look familiar i don't think anything's changed here and we find out that sid is stick stuck in one of the gears of the of the ruins it spins and spins and then he gets out, then mid comes down and they tell us, hey, you know, hey, let's look at your airship over there, an airship that can land on water, an airship that can fly in the air, an airship that can fly even higher in order to reach stuff that's like up in the stratosphere or something in case, <laughs> you know, there is a, um, what do you call it, a uh, floating fortress, right? But now they're going to upgrade our ship to be a submarine. So our ship will be able to fold itself up and go underwater. Yeah. So it, this is this this seems to be like this new trope in, in Final Fantasy where they try to combine every single airship into a single airship so that you don't have to keep switching like vehicles and modes of transportation. If you remember in Final Fantasy IV, we would have to grab the hook or whatever and transport the the um, hovercraft, I think it was, or something like that. So we had like two different ships, airships that we could use and the hovercraft and whatever else, right? In Final Fantasy II, we had like also a, a multitude of vehicles in final fantasy 3 we had to keep switching airships like we would have like four airships that we need to switch between depending on where you want to go because you needed a fast airship to get through the the winds of some valley you needed another airship that can go over the mountains that can hop over the mountains you have to keep switching in this game they're just like upgrading your airship constantly so it can do all these different things i mean we use the submarine for a while but I don't even know where that's at. I don't even know what happened to that. I mean, it's probably floating somewhere waiting for me. But now we have an airship, so who cares? We have a cutscene. Krilly and Mid have a chat. I kind of realized at this point that, hey, they're actually the same age 
And, you know, Kirillia is new, so Mid, Mid would get to meet this new character, new player. Um, and we find out that Sid is still feeling very guilty about his inventions being used for war. This is something that I mentioned a lot in the Fire Crystal episode, um, where I talked about, like, the ethics of developing weaponry, the ethics of developing technology that could be used for, ma uh, you know, mass destruction and things like that. And we see that Sid is still kind of going through this... Like, no matter what he's done at this point, he still feels guilty about it. And we don't really know, like, what he, like, what, what kind of destruction he's inflicted. I mean, I guess we know that the Ronkin, Ronkin, not the Ronkin, the Karnak, the Karnak castle was destroyed through the overuse of the fire crystal. But that's kind of it. I don't really know where Sid used his inventions for war. But it is pretty impactful to hear that he's still like dealing with these demons. Uh, the upgrade is done. We when you press A on water, instead of being just flying up into the air, you actually get to choose if you want to fly up or you want to go under underground, which is neat. It is like the most versatile ship ever. It kind of reminds me of. Um, I mean, I guess this is another one of those mechanics, just like in Pokemon, where. Uh, areas are sealed off until you obtain an item, right? Like in Pokemon, you obtain an HM and suddenly you can get to all these new areas that were adjacent or attached to, I guess, tangent to uh, previously visited areas. So this is kind of the same thing. We get to go to, you know, uh, new spots that we weren't able to go to before. Uh, so I used the sub, sub. There was another point in the underwater map that I haven't visited yet. So the cool thing about the underwater map is that all the places you need to go are highlighted. So it does really make it easy for you. So you don't have to like scour every inch of the underground. You also don't run into monsters underwater. So it would have been really boring to just like go through the map, you know, very little bit by a little bit, trying to find all the different special spots to, to visit. Uh, so there was a crack in the ocean floor and once you press A on it, you kind of go into it and you find out that the fire tablet is underwater. Now, this is kind of a weird one. Until I thought about it, like just now, it occurred to me that it kind of makes sense if the fire tablet is close to like the crust or the mantle of the planet, right? Like the closer it is to like the volcanic, not volcanic, it's not volcano, it's the, the, the magma underwater, like underground, the, you know, I guess, I, I guess that kind of makes sense that the, the fire tablet would be really powerful there. But everything else made more sense, right? Like the Earth tablet being in a pyramid, right? Like that kind of feels very earthy that it would be in the middle of a desert, right? You have the wind tablet was in the island shrine. That doesn't make sense, actually, now that I think about it. I guess they don't have to make sense. So yeah, so we're we're underwater. The entire section reminded me of Final Fantasy II, uh, the lake in Final Fantasy 2. So in Final Fantasy 2, at the end of the game, you could dive underwater. And once you dove underwater, you could teleport into um, like this ascending cave that eventually ended in the Emperor's whatever, like tower or something. Uh, there's lava everywhere. Uh, at some point, lava everywhere starts to show up. So the fire tablet does make sense. There are acid monsters which is just kind of interesting. Um, one of my characters, and I think it was, who was it, Krilly, mastered Time Mage. So it was time to become a Red Mage. And <laughs> I have more notes. Like, uh, you might have heard it in two, two episodes ago, or maybe even last episode, how excited I am about the class system. So in, the, in this section, the class system is just amazing. Like, so first of all, 
um, I switched Lena to be a Geomancer so I could avoid lava damage. A Geomancer is like an instant, you know, protection against environment hazards. That's lava, acid, anything that you're walking on that could take your health, Geomancer prevents it. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, Krilly became a Red Mage. The cool thing about Red Mage is that once you upgrade that class all the way, you get a, or at some point you get a special ability called Dual Cast, which allows you to cast two spells in one turn, which is just mind blowing. I mean, that is a powerful ability. Eventually in the cave system, we get to see a dwarf. Uh, there is a dwarf and a couple of spaces where you can go to buy things. Uh, there was one dwarf at the end of a hall that tells us that there's a forest above them and it, they hint at the that forest being the forest of the hidden village, which is interesting. So that it's like more another hint of like where that hidden village might be if you don't use the guide. Uh, I like stuff like that. Eventually, we, it's time to go get that fire tablet. So a lot of most of this episode, and this will be probably a very short episode, was just a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting at the end of this game. There's not a lot more plot. I think the the rest of the plot will essentially come around in end zone when we have to fight against X Death. But it's mostly fight, and I kind of like it. I kind of like. You know, there's a little bit of a fatigue of following this really complicated story. And now you kind of get more of a chance of testing out your battle skills that you've gained throughout the story. So we start a fight um, with pigs. There are three pigs that resurrect each other. So you have to like time it right and take them all out at once. Um, we win. <laughs> Yay. And we get the meteor spell. And then it's time to teleport out. So we got the fire tablet, we got a meteor spell, and we... Um, so, so the meteor spell, if I remember correctly, again, that's a white magic spell that that is very powerful. I don't think it's as powerful as holy, but meteor can hit multiple characters. Not necessarily all of them, because the meteors come down and just kind of hit random characters in uh, in the enemy party, it costs a ton of MP. I think it's like 50 MP or something ridiculous like that. Um, I also don't believe that this, I don't believe you can actually spell blade this one. So this is a little bit of a different one because I mean, technically you're not really controlling the meteors. It's not like you're saying, oh, Firaga and you get to cast fire on all of your enemies. Meteor just kind of calls down the meteors and they fall where they will. So I think that it, that would be like impossible for a spell blade mechanic, right? Unfortunately, this, that's it for this episode. I mean, that's a, it's a short one, um, which means that I probably got a little bit of a, I'm getting a little bit of a break this time around. There's not really much of conspiracy theory to discuss in this section either, just because the plot hasn't advanced much. I am happy to see all these different areas that remind me of the past games show up. You know, I am always a fan of these callbacks, especially in Final Fantasy franchise where technically each game is its own thing, but you have, like it created its own tropes, right? It created its, it's almost like Final Fantasy is not a series, but it's its own little genre, you know? Like it's, it's a franchise that has its own little genre, which I really love. I love looking at it that way. Suddenly, you're not really like upset about games not really having sequels or attaching to each other. You know, it's not like, and it's also not like, let's say, Call of Duty or, mm, that's a bad example. It's not like Pokemon where, okay, they're not sequels, but at least they're like the same game, essentially. I mean, they're not, right? Like, you don't follow the same storyline every single time. We skip the crystals in the second game. The crystals do something else every single time. 
that's not like Pokemon, right? Like in Pokemon, you you're always defeating gyms and winning the uh, elite four. You're fighting against the elite four and winning the whatever league, right? Even in Pokemon Sun and Moon, which was a departure, and you fought instead of fighting, uh, you know, gyms, you fought the island challenges. You know, you, even though there was that little bit of a departure there it's still mostly the same game with some changes and obviously like some twists and, you know, some special gimmicks in each one. But it's the same game. You pick it up and you're like, oh, okay, I get this. In Final Fantasy, it doesn't really feel that way. I mean, you have you have the summons that, that get carried over, but the games all work differently. You have turn-based games, Final Fantasy 1 through 3. You have different varying sizes of parties, right? Four people in one, four people in two, uh, you you had a fifth person join you in th- in three. You had five people in four. Did you have five people in that? I feel like it was five people in 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 four. You have four people in five. You have three people in seven. You know you have two people in thirteen. Like these things change. The mechanics change. The ability to buy certain items change. So it does feel like its own genre. And I always get excited to see it's tropes, right? Like I, I like the fact that they have the this underwater cave trope where, you know, you're it's a little bit acidic, you have a little bit more like poison, you know, monsters, these kind of like mutant creations. Um, as well as like the lava sections and all this stuff. It's just it's a lot of fun like seeing seeing um, different iterations of the same ideas show up. Anyways, that's it for this episode. It really is a short episode. Just see it as a break for yourself, you know, go listen to another. No, don't go listen to another podcast. I shouldn't be saying that. Um, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter on twitter.com slash podcast. At the time being, I'm not as active on it just because I'm so invested in these games. Um, and I think I, I can, again, see that I'm going to be super active on Twitter once Final Fantasy VII rolls around just because I know there are a lot of Final Fantasy memes and a lot of Final Fantasy 7 content. Final Fantasy 5, not so much. Like, I don't really see a lot of... I don't think I've seen any memes around this game. 4, maybe. 5, not really. Not a lot of content either. Um, or maybe once I, once I do finish the game, I'll feel a little bit freer to explore that content. And probably while, while I'm editing even this episode, I'll be po- posting more of it. But, like, until that point, it's just... Yeah, I'm just like, you'll catch up on the latest episode. You can tweet me and I'll reply to you. You know, we can talk. But that's it. Leave a rating and a review and I'll see you next time.